0: Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram Podcast with your host, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our community and ourselves. Happy, happy, happy new year. We are in a new year, and I hope things so far have been going well for you. And if not, I hope they start to go well for you. Uh, We're going to start a new series called Arrow Lines, and we're going to actually be discussing the arrow lines from each number and what it means, a little bit of what the arrows mean, what this does for each type, and a little bit more. So let's go intro music. Finding help for your mental and emotional struggles can be challenging with so many barriers like cost and even feeling safe looking for a counselor can be tricky. So I know it's hard. And, you know, the worst part is you really don't have the time or mental space to be trying to figure out how to find a counselor when you're having personal struggles. So thanks to BetterHelp, they are built on making counseling accessible, affordable, convenient so that anyone who's having struggles in their life can actually get the help they need at any time and anywhere, which is so important, especially now. All the professionals are licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited. And what I love so much about them is that they have a diverse group of counselors with a broad and various amounts of different backgrounds to help all their different clients. If you need some help, try BetterHelp. You can get a 10% off discount from your first month when you go to betterhelp.com forward slash do it. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash D-O-I-T. All right. So as we know, the Enneagram symbol, it has so much intelligence in it and it has like an ancient wisdom. There's knowledge to it that is, it's not just knowledge, it's wisdom. It's something really deep to it and the way that it's been constructed, put together How it's been designed from creation, from those who have helped to put it together to discover the things that are there, is unbelievable. It's kind of mind-blowing the more you dive into the Enneagram and see how all of them work. So when it comes to thinking about the lines, they have such importance and such a relevance to each and every number on the Enneagram. In the future, I'll discuss a little bit more of the Law of Three and the Law of Seven, Because these actually come into play with the arrows a little bit, Um, especially when we're talking about growth, when we talk about making things happen, new things coming into fruition. These laws actually play an important role in it and understanding it from a perspective of your Enneagram journey is actually pretty important. So I'll discuss that later down the road because that's a lot to unpack. But connected to each number is something from the other two numbers that that number misses or really needs in order to help not only maybe kind of escape or um, move beyond the ego, but it's something that helps to remedy or help shift, I would say, a person out of maybe particularly their specific Enneagram number, which can be a trap. The Enneagram, our Enneagram numbers can be traps. So, it's all fun and good when we first like figured it out. It's like, oh, my goodness, my type, I found myself, right? Or for some people, it's like, oh, my goodness, I found myself. Nevertheless, it can be trapping from us actually getting to our deeper selves and the essence of who we really are. So the Enneagram, each number, the arrow lines that are connected to it, which if you look at the symbol, you'll see that there's lines there. And those lines really are arrows. And they have a particular direction for a particular reason. And we'll go into that in a little bit. So I'll give you a quick example of my number and how my arrows kind of work. So as a seven, I have arrows to the one and the five, if you look on the Enneagram symbol. And so in different spaces, in different places, I can exhibit some of the behavior from a one and a five. You do not move to that number. No, that is not the thing. You don't move there and all of a sudden all the inside deep stuff changes. No. But you utilize some of the behavior, maybe some of the tendencies, maybe some of the different traits that they have. You exhibit some of those and you can actually use it for good or for bad. And so when I say good for bad, I mean the higher side or the lower side, the healthier side or the unhealthy side, right? And so those things actually happen. So for me, As a seven, when I'm around my family, like my really close family on my dad's side, my cousins and all them, I'm actually more five-like. I am a little bit more withdrawn than just like out there energy buzzing everywhere. I am a little bit more thought-provoking. My vocabulary I use actually becomes a little more exquisite, I guess I would say, or a little bit more elevated. And not in a way to impress people, but it's just I am really processing and thinking a lot of times when I'm around my family. And so it's not just the, all the seven energy all everywhere, because my family naturally has a lot of seven energy and a lot of eight energy. And so that makes me naturally kind of pull back some. And then when it comes to the way that I work sometimes and even around my mentees, I actually exhibit a lot of one. I'm way more specific, way more about getting and doing things more correct or right when I'm with them. I think it's a big part of, because I'm trying to make sure that they go along a really good path and a healthy path in life. So I'm a little bit more strict than I usually would be around different things. So I can be a little bit more specific on like the rules and things that we're doing and parameters and like all these different things. So there's a little bit difference there, but I exhibit those things quite well. And I also can exhibit the lower sides of both of these numbers too as well. So if you've been in the Enneagram space or you read a book and you saw some things, you probably saw the word integration and disintegration, and you probably saw stress and security. We really don't use integration and disintegration anymore necessarily. I would say primarily because of disintegration arrow that the wording for that just doesn't sound good in our common way that we interpret the Enneagram or the way that we speak normally. And so, we've kind of done away in most of the communities that I know of in the Enneagram, not all of them, obviously, but most of them, where we don't necessarily use that word or those two words to describe where the arrow goes, um, where a certain number goes, depending on stress or security. Now, stress and security are still used because they point really, really well to helping us to understand a little bit more about the types and where they're going. And so this episode, we're talking about type nine, okay? So the direction of the arrow actually really does matter, okay? It does matter, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but just wait on that part. So the type nine has one arrow that is pointing towards the type six, okay? Type nine has another arrow pointing towards it from type three, okay? So did you get that? The nine has an arrow coming from it that points to the 6. And it also has another arrow pointing towards it from the number 3. So if you go with the arrow, which would be considered going towards the 6, that makes sense, right? Going with the arrow, going with the arrow, going towards 6. And going against the arrow would be actually going towards 3, okay? So try to wrap your mind around that a little bit. Type 6, going with the arrow, is considered to be the stress point for the nine on the lower side, okay? So it's actually considered to be that stress point um, for the nine going towards the six, all right? So that means that when we talk about stress and security, From these types, the difference is is that we're talking about ego stress and security. We do not just mean like I'm physically stressed out or I feel physically insecure. It can have ramifications in those areas, but what we're really talking about, we're actually talking about ego stress and ego insecurity, okay, when these things come out. So this is going to make a little bit more sense when you think about it in that way and not stress as, oh, I'm stressed out because I work so hard or I feel insecure physically for some reason. And so that's why I act this way. So think of it as more of an ego for the type nine's ego is feeling stressed or insecure, okay? All right. So on the higher side, And I want to make sure I give credit to CP Enneagram. That's Beatrice Chestnut and Uranio Pius, because part of the information I'm going to share today is a part of some of the deep discovery they've done with the arrows and the numbers and the types here. So I definitely want to give credit to them. So that's cpenneagram.com if you want to connect with them and go deeper, 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 deeper with these things than some of the programs that they have. So... On the higher side of the type six is what they call the resolution arrow, okay? And I'll give you a little bit of that information going on, that what that actually kind of means, but it's called maybe the resolution arrow, and that's the higher side of the six, going to the six, okay? So let's run that back. The lower side, so nine going to six on the lower side or more unconscious side is the stress arrow, okay? Ego stress, right? Now, the 9 going to 6 on the higher side, more conscious level, means there's a resolution point, right? And if you understand the word resolution, you'll kind of start to figure out maybe what that could possibly mean for the 9. Okay, moving on. Type 3. So, type 3 going against the arrow is considered the security point for type 9 on the lower side, right? There's some situation or something that is making the ego of the 9 feel insecure about something. And so, it exhibits lower traits of the type 3. On the higher side, when the type 9 goes against the arrow to 3, you actually get what's called the energizing arrow, as CP Enneagram calls it. And I'll explain that a little bit more as well. But if you can kind of start to think about the phrasing of it, energizing, all right, there's a way that the energy comes to help that type. So when we are growing, we are actually looking to focus on moving against the arrow first, then moving with the arrow, okay? So when we talk about actually trying to develop and trying to grow, we're looking to go against the arrow first and then to go with the arrow in order to get to the resolution point, right? And so why is that important? It's important because there are certain ways that our particular Enneagram type is structured, and it's a certain type of energy that all of our types give off or embody. And if you've noticed long enough or you paid attention to different types, you will notice it's a familiarity with different types. Not all, don't get me wrong, but there is a certain energy that kind of comes from each ego structure within a person. And so sometimes you have to shift that type of energy in order to get to a place where you can eventually resolve some of the key, maybe, underpinning shadows, issues of your type, okay? So it's very important to understand when we're talking about the growth part. A lot of times we may have noticed, really, if we really start to look at our numbers, we've noticed the lower side of ourselves come out in different ways, and sometimes the higher side. But I know for sure that when my ego becomes insecure in some way, I get super strict. I can become very, very critical. And I have to be very careful of it. And it shocks people how critical I can become if I'm feeling some type of way. So I have to really be aware of it. So that's, that's important to note. We may have noticed the lower size, but the higher size, we can do a lot of work there. And this is a big way of getting us out of being trapped inside of our ego. So here's the benefit of each arrow for that type. First, if we're looking at the lower side of um, the type nines, arrows, which is more of an unconscious movement, it's more you're not present with what's really going on inside of yourself, and your ego is running the show, and somehow it has become stressed or it is very insecure, and so it's going to respond typically in these ways with these different arrows. So, nines moving to six in stress, they become angrier for not being considered or protected, and passive-aggressively fault find while increasing their personal comfort. So if you can think here, it's this blend, right? The the nine usually doesn't always necessarily look for faults in people or in different things necessarily. You know, the ego structure wants in some type of way to feel comfortable, feel good, feel peaceful, feel harmonic in these type of things. But moving to the sixth arrow, not consciously, is a way that it starts to look for things that are wrong in people, in situations, in society, while at the same time doing not really anything about it necessarily, but finding a way to increase their personal comfort and they become angrier because they feel like they're not being considered or protected as they need to be, which you can see there's a blend of the six within that now, right? Some of the lower sides of the six. Now, moving to the lower side of the three arrow, the arrow to the three. So nines moving to three and security become hyperactive, productive to avoid feeling insecure about not being seen or included. And they substitute doing to deal with inner conflict. Now, if you look at this, you know, threes a lot of times are doers. They're trying to get things done. Now, nines, when they go towards the arrow on the lower side of three, you see now that you have a nine who is, they're hyperactive. They're doing a whole lot, but it's actually to avoid conflict and avoid different things inside of themselves. And it's to avoid not being seen, which is also something that's interesting that people don't realize. And some nines don't realize to after a while, but nines actually really, really want to be seen. But the ego, a lot of times kind of pushes it down or pushes it back or says it's not important enough, but they actually do want to be seen. So It's very important to notice when this is happening, right? Because this is not the general way that even people may see a nine or think about a nine because they're like, want to, you know, put them in a box of lazy or whatever. But no, nines can really get to work and do a whole lot of things, but they have to make sure that it's not out of the lower side of three. Whereas basically avoiding dealing with internal conflict, and it's trying to avoid feeling insecure about not being seen because that's not going to be helpful in the long run. It's just going to build on itself and you're going to feel less appreciated and more angry, basically. Now, when we think about the higher side, when we start talking about the higher side, Moving to those, this is a higher level of consciousness and awareness. And so when I say consciousness or conscious, this is really all about awareness, right? Unconscious is not aware. More consciousness means that you're more aware, right? And there's levels to this, okay? So now on the higher side, nines moving to the three as an energizing, or I may say the right energy, right? It's the right type of energy that they need, helps them to become more confident, action-oriented, and self-promoting, Okay, so remember, we're going to go against the arrow first, which is nine going to the three, right? So we're going against the arrow first. Then when we pick up the right energy, so now that the nine moving to the right energy type of arrow or point... They're actually being able to be more confident in who they are, right? And so when they're more confident, they remember who they are, right? To be confident in yourself, you have to kind of remember who you are. And nines can struggle with the self-forgetting part. And so then they become more action-oriented. And not just action-oriented for everybody else. They become action-oriented for the priorities and the things they want in life and the impact they want to put on the world, which is very important. And then another thing, which is very important, they become self-promoting. A lot of times, nines can be super great at self-deprecating, and talking bad about themselves or making a joke about themselves and having people laugh. But this, after a while, actually takes hold and it actually, part of you starts to believe some of that self-deprecating humor that you may give off. So in this arrow, there's self-promotion and a healthy level of it. Not a weird level where it's like, I'm overly cocky or arrogant. No, no, no. This is that healthy level of that I'm pretty good at this. I know I can do this. Like, this is not just my ego. This is a part of the essence of who I am. Okay, so very important. So once a nine has that energy, now they can start to move with the arrow towards the six, which is the resolution point. So at this resolution point, it gives them the ability to fully express their opinions to create healthy conflict and be courageous in what they believe. See, this is the thing here, right? Nine's really do want the world to be better in so many different ways and they can see it. And I'm talking from a young age, they can see it. Now, the problem a lot of times with the ego of the night, it makes them self forget or makes them not step up, makes them not say the things they really need to say, makes them not share what they need to share, makes them not get engaged the way they need to get engaged. But when they move with this arrow to the resolution point, now they know I can create conflict because this conflict can actually create real, true peace and harmony. Not that fake stuff just because we don't do anything about it and it persists. No, I'm talking about the real deal peace, real deal harmony that changes communities, that changes people and it betters lives. So that's what I'm talking about. They developed that deep, courageous courage that sixes have to be able to say what needs to be said, to be able to pull up a chair for the person who needs to be pulled a chair up for, and they be able to do these things and communicate and voice and they live this way, which is very powerful for nines. And so that is one thing that is absolutely incredible and beautiful about it. And so I'm always talking about how can you practically get into doing these things? Because that's one of the most important things, right? So for the lower side, one of the biggest things is just become aware more and more aware of how your behavior and how your actions, how your thoughts and your traits are manifesting in different parts of your life. Just become more aware. When you become more aware of it, you're able to kind of lift yourself out of it because now you can like pause it and be like, whoa, what's going on here? And the awareness, literally the awareness by itself allows you to pause, stop, and maybe shift what you're doing. And that's one of the best parts about it. Awareness is a beast, I'm telling you. It's not even we have to always do something. It's just simply becoming aware of some of the things that are taken from the wonderful parts of us being able to engage life like our essence wants to. Now, the higher side, some things that you can do. Now, this is where you get really creative. You have to think about, all right, what are some things that threes do that are healthy, that are part of threes that manifest in this world? Because threes and work go together hand in hand very, very well, right? But you have to look at the process of what threes do. Threes have goals and they have goals on a regular basis and they're working to achieve them, but they are efficient in the way that they have goals, right? They don't have 36 goals and goals that aren't achievable. They usually have maybe three solid goals that they're going after. They may have a morning routine. They may have different things that they do. So as a nine, creating a way to manifest some of the behaviors and traits of a three in your life can really help you to use the higher side of the three, okay? So you're more confident, right? What do threes do? What are some confident things that threes do? They may have affirmations. They may look themselves in the mirror. They may do certain things. They make themselves look good no matter where they're going sometimes. So it's all these different things. You know, don't do it to the vanity of it, right? But do it to where it's actually going to help you use some that three within you. And then... Once you're able to develop a practice like that or something, the next part, once you have that energy together, you're getting used to bringing that confidence up. The next thing is going towards and with the six. And it's with actually being able to sit with, okay, what do I really think and how can I express it to other people? What do I really feel and how can I express it? What do I know to be true within the bones of my body that needs to be said and how can I express it? How can I share it? Even if it causes conflict, How can I actually share this opinion with people, right? And how can I be courageous to live the life I want to live and leave the impact on places I leave the way that I want to? Okay, so you have to start to question those things so that you can start moving towards them, because many times it's already in the nine's DNA. It's not like they don't know necessarily. It's just that a lot of times it may be they haven't engaged in that way yet. But usually they know the impact they want. They know some of the things that they want to give to the world. It's just trying to actually do it. It becomes the issue. So after you gain that confidence, that energy, you become more action oriented and you talk really well about yourself, now it's time to focus and prioritize, right? So one thing sixes are able to do they're able to do a little bit better of like, what's most important now? What do I need to focus on now? What can I prepare for now? So being able to prepare yourself for what you're trying to get to is very important because sixes are able to prepare step-by-step a lot of times what needs to happen for them to get to whatever goal or whatever thing that they're trying to do or want. So as a nine, working your way to say, okay, what do I want to do and how do I prepare for it? You know, what things could go wrong, but how can I prepare for it? And how can I voice and share those things that need to be? said, or that I want to accomplish and want to happen so that I'm prepared to do them. So that's what I have for this episode for Type Nines. I hope That made sense to you trying to explain the arrows, because I know it can be tricky at times. But I thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you take a deep breath and breathe. Don't forget to breathe as we're going through this year and um, continuously do your inner work and make sure if something goes crazy and you feel your ego flaring up, take a deep breath, breathe, make the best move for you and do it for the gram, the Enneagram, of course. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.